एम लक्ष्मीकांत इंडियन पॉलिटी चैप्टर 14 सेंटर स्टेट रिलेशंस ट्रेंड्स इन सेंटर स्टेट रिलेशंस टिल 1967 द सेंटर स्टेट रिलेशंस बाय एंड लार्ज वर स्मूथ ड्यू टू वन पार्टी रूल एट द सेंटर एंड इन मोस्ट ऑफ द स्टेट्स इन 1967 इलेक्शंस The Congress party was defeated in 9 states and its position at the center became weak. This changed political scenario heralded a new era in the center state relations. The non-Congress governments in the states opposed the increasing centralization and intervention of the central government. They raised the issue of state autonomy and demanded more powers and financial resources to the states. This caused tensions and conflicts in center state relations. Tension areas in center state relations. The issues which created tensions and conflicts between the center and states are 1 mode of appointment and dismissal of governor, 2 discriminatory and partisan role of governors, 3 imposition of president's rule for partisan interests, 4 deployment of central forces in the states to maintain law and order 5 reservation of state bills for the consideration of the president 6 discrimination in financial allocations to the states 7 role of planning commission in approving state projects 8 management of all india services is ips and ifs 9 use of electronic media for political purposes 10 appointment of enquiry commissions against the chief ministers 11 sharing of finances between center and states and 12 encroachment by the center on the state list the issues in center state relations have been under consideration since the mid 1960s in this direction the following developments have taken place administrative reforms commission The central government appointed a six-member administrative reforms commission (ARC) in 1966 under the chairmanship of Morarji Desai, followed by K. Hanumanthaya. Its terms of references included, among others, the examination of center-state relations. In order to examine thoroughly the various issues in center-state relations, ARC constituted a study team under M. C. Settlewart. On the basis of the report of this study team, ARC finalized its own report and submitted it to the central government in 1969. It made 22 recommendations for improving the center-state relations. The important recommendations are: establishment of an inter-state council under Article 263 of the Constitution. appointment of persons having long experience in public life and administration and non-partition attitude as governors delegation of powers to the maximum extent to the states transferring of more financial resources to the states to reduce their dependency upon the center deployment of central armed forces in the states either on their request or otherwise No action was taken by the central government on the recommendations of the ARC. Rajmanar Committee in 1969 the Tamil Nadu government DMK 
appointed a three-member committee under the chairmanship of Dr. P. V. Rajmannar to examine the entire question of centre-state relations and to suggest amendments to the constitution so as to secure utmost autonomy to the states. The committee submitted its report to the Tamil Nadu government in 1971. The committee identified the reasons for the prevailing unitary trends, tendencies of centralization in the country. They include 1. Certain provisions in the constitution which confer special powers on the centre, 2. One-party rule both at the centre and in the states, 3. Inadequacy of states' fiscal resources and consequent dependence on the centre for financial assistance, and 4. The institution of central planning and the role of the planning commission. The important recommendations of the committee are as follows. 1. An interstate council should be set up immediately. 2. Finance commission should be made a permanent body. 3. Planning commission should be disbanded and its place should be taken by a statutory body. 4. Articles 356, 357 and 365 dealing with President's rule should be totally omitted. V. The provision that the state ministry holds office during the pleasure of the governor should be omitted. 6. Certain subjects of The union list and the concurrent list should be transferred to the state list. 7. The residuary powers should be allocated to the states. And 8. All India services, IS, IPS and IFS should be abolished. The central government completely ignored the recommendations of the Rajmannar committee. Anandpur Sahib Resolution In 1973, the Akali Dal adopted a resolution containing both political and religious demands in a meeting held at Anandpur Sahib in Punjab. The resolution, generally known as Anandpur Sahib Resolution, demanded that the centre's jurisdiction should be restricted only to defence, foreign affairs, communications and currency and the entire residuary powers should be vested in the states. It stated that the constitution should be made federal in the real sense and should ensure equal authority and representation to all the states at the centre. West Bengal Memorandum In 1977, the West Bengal government, led by the communists, published a memorandum on centre-state relations and sent to the central government. The memorandum inter alia suggested the following 1. The word union in the constitution should be replaced by the word federal. 2. The jurisdiction of the centre should be confined to defence, foreign affairs, currency, communications and economic coordination. 3. All other subjects including the residuary should be vested in the states. 4. Articles 356 and 357, President's Rule and 360, Financial Emergency, should be repealed. We states' consent should be made obligatory for formation of new states or reorganization of existing states. 6. Of the total revenue raised by the centre from all sources, 75% should be allocated to the states. 7. Rajya Sabha should have equal powers with that of the Lok Sabha. And 8. There should be only central and state services and the All India services should be abolished. The central government did not accept the demands made in the memorandum. Sarkaria Commission In 1983, 
The central government appointed a three-member commission on centre-state relations under the chairmanship of R.S. Sarkaria, a retired judge of the Supreme Court. The commission was asked to examine and review the working of existing arrangements between the centre and states in all spheres and recommend appropriate changes and measures. It was initially given one year to complete its work, but its term was extended four times. It submitted its report in 1988. The Commission did not favour structural changes and regarded the existing constitutional arrangements and principles relating to the institutions basically sound. But it emphasised on the need for changes in the functional or operational aspects. It observed that federalism is more functional arrangement for cooperative action than a static institutional concept. It outrightly rejected the demand for curtailing the powers of the centre and stated that a strong centre is essential to safeguard the national unity and integrity which is being threatened by the fissiparious tendencies in the body politic. However, it did not equate strong centre with centralisation of powers. It observed that over-centralisation leads to blood pressure at the centre and anemia at the periphery. The Commission made 247 recommendations to improve centre-state relations. The important recommendations are mentioned below. 1. A permanent interstate council called the Intergovernmental Council should be set up under Article 263. 2. Article 356, President's Rule, should be used very sparingly in extreme cases as a last resort when all the available alternatives fail. 3. The institution of All India Services should be further strengthened and some more such services should be created. 4. The residuary powers of taxation should continue to remain with the Parliament, while the other residuary powers should be placed in the concurrent list. 5. When the President withholds his assent to the State Bills, the reasons should be communicated to the State Government. 6. The National Development Council, NDC, should be renamed and reconstituted as the National Economic and Development Council, NEDC. 7. The Zonal Councils should be constituted afresh and reactivated to promote the spirit of federalism. 8. The Centre should have powers to deploy its armed forces, even without the consent of states. However, it is desirable that the states should be consulted. 9. The centre should consult the states before making a law on a subject of the concurrent list. 10. The procedure of consulting the chief minister in the appointment of the state governor should be prescribed in the constitution itself. 11. The net proceeds of the corporation tax may be made permissibly shareable with the states. 12. The Governor cannot dismiss the Council of Ministers so long as it commands a majority in the Assembly. 13. The Governor's term of five years in a state should not be disturbed except for some extremely compelling reasons. 14. No Commission of Inquiry should be set up against a State Minister unless a demand is made by the Parliament. 15. The surcharge on income tax should not be levied by the centre except for a specific purpose and for a strictly limited period. 
16. The present division of functions between the Finance Commission and the Planning Commission is reasonable and should continue. 17. Steps should be taken to uniformly implement the three-language formula in its true spirit. 18. No autonomy for radio and television, but decentralization in their operations. 19. No change in the role of Rajya Sabha and centers power to reorganize the states. 20. The Commissioner for Linguistic Minorities should be activated. The central government has implemented 180 out of 247 recommendations of the Sarkaria Commission. The most important is the establishment of the Interstate Council in 1990. Panchi Commission The second commission on centre-state relations was set up by the Government of India in April 2007 under the chairmanship of Madan Mohan Panchi, former Chief Justice of India. It was required to look into the issues of centre-state relations keeping in view the sea changes that have taken place in the polity and economy of India since the Sarkaria Commission had last looked at the issue of centre-state relations over two decades ago. The terms of reference of the Commission were as follows. 1. The Commission was required to examine and review the working of the existing arrangements between the Union and States as per the Constitution of India, the healthy precedents being followed, various pronouncements of the courts in regard to powers, functions and responsibilities in all spheres including legislative relations, administrative relations, role of governors, emergency provisions, financial relations, economic and social planning, Panchayati Raj institutions, sharing of resources including interstate river water and recommend such changes or other measures as may be appropriate keeping in view the practical difficulties. 2. In examining and reviewing the working of the existing arrangements between the Union and States and making recommendations as to the changes and measures needed the Commission was required to keep in view the social and economic developments that have taken place over the years, particularly over the last two decades, and have due regard to the scheme and framework of the Constitution. Such recommendations were also needed to address the growing challenges of ensuring good governance for promoting the welfare of the people whilst strengthening the unity and integrity of the country and of availing emerging opportunities for sustained and rapid economic growth for alleviating poverty and illiteracy in the early decades of the new millennium. 3. While examining and making its recommendations on the above, the Commission was required to have particular regard but not limit its mandate to the following, a. Uh, the role responsibility and jurisdiction of the centre Vijava states during major and prolonged outbreaks of communal violence, caste violence or any other social conflict leading to prolonged and escalated violence. b. The role, responsibility and jurisdiction of the centre Vijava states in the planning and implementation of the mega-projects like the interlinking of rivers, that would normally take 15 to 20 years for completion and hinge vitally on the support of the states. c. The role, 
रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी एंड जूरिस्टिक्शन ऑफ द सेंटर विशाव स्टेट्स इन प्रोमोटिंग इफेक्टिव डेवोल्यूशन ऑफ पावर्स एंड ऑटोनोमी टू पंचायती राज इंस्टीट्यूशंस एंड लोकल बॉडीज इंक्लूडिंग द ऑटोनोमस बॉडीज अंडर द सिक्स्थ शेड्यूल ऑफ द कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन विद इन अ स्पेसिफाइड पीरियड ऑफ टाइम डी द रोल Responsibility and jurisdiction of the center Vishava states in promoting the concept and practice of independent planning and budgeting at the district level. E. The role, responsibility and jurisdiction of the center Vishava states in linking central assistance of various kinds with the performance of the states. F. The role, responsibility and jurisdiction of the center in adopting approaches and policies based on positive discrimination in favor of backward states g the impact of the recommendations made by the 8th to 12th finance commissions on the fiscal relations between the center and the states especially the greater dependence of the states on devolution of funds from the center h the need and relevance of separate taxes on the production and on the sales of goods and services subsequent to the introduction of value added tax regime the need for freeing interstate trade in order to establish a unified and integrated domestic market as also in the context of the reluctance of state governments to adopt the relevant sarkaria commission's recommendation in chapter 18 of its report j the need for setting up a central law enforcement agency empowered to take up so moto investigation of crimes having interstate and or international ramifications with serious implications on national security k the feasibility of a supporting legislation under article 355 for the purpose of so moto deployment of central forces in the states if and when the situation so demands The commission submitted its report to the government in April 2010. In finalizing the 1456-page report in seven volumes, the commission took extensive help from the Sarkaria Commission report, the National Commission to Review the Working of the Constitution (NCRWC) report, and the Second Administrative Reforms Commission report. However, in a number of areas, the commission report differed from the sarkaria commission recommendations after examining at length the issues raised in its terms of reference and the related aspects in all their hues and shades the commission came to the conclusion that cooperative federalism will be the key for sustaining india's unity integrity and social and economic development in future the principles of cooperative federalism thus may have to act as a practical guide for indian polity and governance in all the commission made over 310 recommendations touching upon several significant areas in the working of center state relations the important recommendations are mentioned below one to facilitate effective implementation of the laws on list 3 subjects it is necessary that some broad agreement is reached between the union and states before introducing legislation in parliament on matters in the concurrent list two the union should be extremely restrained in asserting parliamentary supremacy in matters assigned to the states 
greater flexibility to states in relation to subjects in the state list and transferred items in the concurrent list is the key for better center-state relations. 3. The union should occupy only that many of subjects in concurrent or overlapping jurisdiction which are absolutely necessary to achieve uniformity of policy in demonstrable national interest. 4. There should be a continuing auditing role for the Interstate Council in the management of matters in concurrent or overlapping jurisdiction. 5. The period of six months prescribed in Article 201 for State Legislature to act when the bill is returned by the President can be made applicable for the President also to decide on assenting or withholding assent to a State bill reserved for consideration of the President. 6. Parliament should make a law on the subject of Entry 14 of List 1, Treaty Making and Implementing it through Parliamentary Legislation to streamline the procedures involved. The exercise of the power obviously cannot be absolute or unchartered in view of the federal structure of legislative and executive powers. 7. Financial obligations and its implications on state finances arising out of treaties and agreements should be a permanent term of reference to the finance commissions constituted from time to time. 8. While selecting governors, the central government should adopt the following strict guidelines as recommended in the Sarkaria Commission report and follow its mandate in letter and spirit. 1. He should be eminent in some walk of life. 2. He should be a person from outside the state. 3. He should be a detached figure and not too intimately connected with the local politics of the state. 4. He should be a person who has not taken too great a part in politics generally and particularly in the recent past. 9. Governors should be given a fixed tenure of five years and their removal should not be at the sweet will of the government at the centre. 10. The procedure laid down for impeachment of President Mutatis Mutandis can be made applicable for impeachment of governors as well. 11. Article 163 does not give the governor a general discretionary power to act against or without the advice of his council of ministers. In fact, the area for the exercise of discretion is limited and even in this limited area, his choice of action should not be arbitrary or fanciful. It must be a choice dictated by reason, activated by good faith and tempered by caution. 12. In respect of bills passed by the Legislative Assembly of a state, the Governor should take the decision within six months whether to grant assent or to reserve it for consideration of the President. 13. On the question of Governor's role in appointment of Chief Minister in the case of an hung Assembly, it is necessary to lay down certain clear guidelines to be followed as constitutional conventions. These guidelines may be as follows, 1. The party or combination of parties which commands the widest support in the Legislative Assembly should be called upon to form the government. 2. If there is a pre-poll alliance or coalition, it should be treated as one political party and if such coalition obtains a majority, the leader of such coalition shall be called by the governor to form the government. 3. 
In case no party or pre-poll coalition has a clear majority, the governor should select the chief minister in the order of preference indicated here. A. The group of parties which had pre-poll alliance commanding the largest number. B. The largest single party staking a claim to form the government with the support of others. C. A post-electoral coalition with all partners joining the government. D. A post-electoral alliance with some parties joining the government and the remaining including independents supporting the government from outside. 14. On the question of dismissal of a chief minister, the governor should invariably insist on the chief minister proving his majority on the floor of the house for which he should prescribe a time limit. 15. The governor should have the right to sanction for prosecution of a state minister against the advice of the Council of Ministers if the cabinet decision appears to the governor to be motivated by bias in the face of overwhelming material. 16. The Convention of Governors acting as chancellors of universities and holding other statutory positions should be done away with. His role should be confined to the constitutional provisions only. 17. When an external aggression or internal disturbance paralyzes the state administration creating a situation of a potential breakdown of the constitutional machinery of the state, all alternative courses available to the Union for discharging its paramount responsibility under Article 355 should be exhausted to contain the situation and the exercise of the power under Article 356 should be limited strictly to rectifying a failure of the constitutional machinery in the state. 18. On the question of invoking Article 356 in case of failure of constitutional machinery in states, suitable amendments are required to incorporate the guidelines set forth in the landmark judgment of the Supreme Court in S.R. Bomai v. Union of India, 1994. This would remove possible misgivings in this regard on the part of states and help in smoothening centrist-state relations. 19. Given the strict parameters now set for invoking the emergency provisions under Articles 352 and 356 to be used only as a measure of last resort, and the duty of the Union to protect states under Article 355, it is necessary to provide a constitutional or legal framework to deal with situations which require central intervention but do not warrant invoking the extreme steps under Articles 352 and 356. Providing the framework for localized emergency would ensure that the state government can continue to function and the assembly would not have to be dissolved while providing a mechanism to let the central government respond to the issue specifically and locally. The imposition of local emergency is fully justified under the mandate of Article 355 read with entry to AM of List 1 and entry 1 of List 2 of the 7th Schedule. 20. Suitable amendments to Article 263 are required to make the Interstate Council a credible, powerful and fair mechanism for management of interstate and centre-state differences. 
21. The Zonal Councils should meet at least twice a year with an agenda proposed by states concerned to maximize coordination and promote harmonization of policies and action having interstate ramification. The Secretariat of a Strengthened Interstate Council can function as the Secretariat of the Zonal Councils as well. 22. The Empowered Committee of Finance Ministers of States proved to be a successful experiment in interstate coordination on fiscal matters. There is need to institutionalize similar models in other sectors as well. A forum of chief ministers, chaired by one of the chief minister by rotation can be similarly thought about particularly to coordinate policies of sectors like energy, food, education, environment and health. 23. New All India services in sectors like health, education, engineering and judiciary should be created. 24. Factors inhibiting the composition and functioning of the second chamber as a representative forum of states should be removed or modified even if it requires amendment of the constitutional provisions. In fact, Rajya Sabha offers immense potential to negotiate acceptable solutions to the friction points which emerge between centre and states in fiscal, legislative and administrative relations. 25. A balance of power between states inter se is desirable and this is possible by equality of representation in the Rajya Sabha. This requires amendment of the relevant provisions to give equality of seats to states in the Rajya Sabha, irrespective of their population size. 26. The scope of devolution of powers to local bodies to act as institutions of self-government should be constitutionally defined through appropriate amendments. 27. All future central legislations involving states' involvement should provide for cost-sharing as in the case of the RTE Act. Existing central legislations where the states are interested with the responsibility of implementation should be suitably amended providing for sharing of costs by the central government. 28. The royalty rates on major minerals should be revised at least every three years without any delay. States should be properly compensated for any delay in the revision of royalty beyond three years. 29. The current ceiling on profession tax should be completely done away with by a constitutional amendment. 30. The scope for raising more revenue from the taxes mentioned in Article 268 should be examined afresh. This issue may be either referred to the next Finance Commission or an expert committee be appointed to look into the matter. 31. To bring greater accountability, all fiscal legislations should provide for an annual assessment by an independent body and the reports of these bodies should be laid in both Houses of Parliament State Legislature. 32. Considerations specified in the terms of reference or of the Finance Commission should be even-handed as between the Centre and the States. There should be an effective mechanism to involve the States in the finalization of the tour of the Finance Commissions. 33. The Central Government should review all the existing cesses and surcharges with a view to bringing down their share in the gross tax revenue. 
34. Because of the close linkages between the plan and non-plan expenditure, an expert committee may be appointed to look into the issue of distinction between the plan and non-plan expenditure. 35. There should be much better coordination between the Finance Commission and the Planning Commission. The synchronization of the periods covered by the Finance Commission and the five-year plan will considerably improve such coordination. 36. The Finance Commission Division in the Ministry of Finance should be converted into a full-fledged department, serving as the Permanent Secretariat for the Finance Commissions. 37. The Planning Commission has a crucial role in the current situation. But its role should be that of coordination rather than that of micro-managing sectoral plans of the central ministries and the states. 38. Steps should be taken for the setting up of an Interstate Trade and Commerce Commission under Article 307 Read with Entry, 42 of List 1. This commission should be vested with both advisory and executive roles with decision-making powers. As a constitutional body, the decisions of the commission should be final and binding on all states as well as the Union of India. Any party aggrieved with the decision of the commission may prefer an appeal to the Supreme Court. The report of the commission was circulated to all stakeholders including state governments, UT administrations and union ministries departments concerned for their considered views on the recommendations of the commission. The comments received from the union ministries departments and the state government's UT administrations are under the consideration of the Interstate Council. Thank you so much for listening this audiobook. If this audiobook helped you in any way so please do like and share this audiobook and hit the subscribe button.